a shout out to our sponsor, Natera, and the great team there. They have developed a new kind of test called Signatera that can detect cancer recurrence as much as a year earlier than imaging. It's something that I use. Ask your doctor if Signatera is right for you. Welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I'm Trevor Maxwell. I'm a stage four colon cancer survivor, and I've got a message for other men. You don't have to go through this alone. What does it mean to man up to cancer? It means reaching out instead of isolating. It means having the courage to accept help along the way. To me, manning up isn't just about being tough. It's about knowing that we're stronger and smarter as a pack than we are as lone wolves. Hey everybody, welcome to a special edition of the Man Up to Cancer podcast. This is a Natera edition. Shout out to Natera for being our sponsor. So I am pleased to welcome Dan Kenny, a cancer survivor, to the show. Uh, today, we are going to spend some time talking about Dan's cancer journey and about the importance of monitoring our disease, or ideally, lack of disease, uh, and one of the most advanced tools available to us as patients, which is called Signatera. So Dan Kenny, thank you for being on the show with us. Thank you, Trevor. Glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about your background. So where do, where do you live now and where are you from originally? I, uh, I live in Michigan. I uh, grew up in Southfield, Michigan. Uh, currently live in Fenton, Michigan. Um, it's a lake community in the uh, suburbs of Detroit. Um, I, I also have a home in Florida, in Punta Gorda, Florida. And uh, we just moved in here in December of uh, 2021. So it's relatively new. So I'm enjoying my time uh, this winter and in a warmer climate, not dealing with the snow. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, so Michigan guy kind of born and raised. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and um, I understand you are married and you have a pretty big family. Tell us about that. Yeah. I, uh, beautiful wife. Uh, we've been married for 35 years. Um, we have uh, four children, um, came in with two uh, ready-mades, if you will. And then we adopted twin boys from Guatemala. Um, we have uh, seven grandchildren, and uh, nice. you know it's a it's a very rich uh, experience. My dad always said that uh, you know a large family means you're rich in the blood. So I guess I'm rich in the blood, even though it's not my own. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely, and I'm like, dude, you do so. Uh, people, this is audio, folks. Like, this is not a video um, podcast. Maybe it will be one day, but I can see Dan right now on Zoom, and dude, you don't, you do not look like you're old enough to have seven grandkids, man. Like you, you look like you're about fifty. Like, how, what's your, what kind of deal did you make with the devil, or, or like what, um, what's your secret here? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I guess I'm lucky, but I, I'm only sixty-two, so I'm not real old. But uh, you know, it's, uh, um, I, I stay active. I guess I'm just that would be the key is I stay active. So. Yeah, tell us what you like to do for activities. Oh, like what's man, your what's your I, favorite uh, if you could just you know, pick your I, you know it's funny I, I it's my my grandkids are all playing sports and uh, you know they specialize in sports these days and and as a kid <laughs> um I never specialized I played the season so uh it was football season it was football it was basketball season it was basketball and hockey I played hockey as yep, well and then same, I, yep. I played I played baseball and then I you know racquetball and golf and you know, so I was a pretty active kid and an active adult, um, played softball, of course. And, and then, uh, you know, th those seasons all change as you get a little bit older. So and now it seems to be a little bit more golf. I used to water ski every day before I went to work. I live on a lake in oh, Michigan. Wow. And so that was wonderful. But, uh, you know, I, uh, 
now my water skiing days are probably two or three times a year now versus uh, <laughs> every day. So, but you know, that's what happens. That's pretty changing. darn good though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, on top of that, I, uh, um, I have a little excavation business that I started eight years ago. And, and um, uh, a lot of my friends and neighbors asked me to get involved and do projects for them. So I, I do landscape programs for them and projects and awesome. I'm actually moving materials. So I, I love to stay fit. So Yeah, you can tell for sure. And, and so we're, we're up here in Maine and my daughter plays club softball, travel softball. So she's all over the place. We're actually coming down to, we were just in Gainesville uh a little bit ago and she got to go see a gators uh game so that was pretty special cool. yeah that's great yeah and we're gonna yeah, be we're, we're gonna be down in georgia this summer in july which ought to be really special for us maine people it's like i'm gonna be totally baking <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know the humidity uh in georgia is uh can be overwhelming so yeah so you'll uh the heat and humidity you'll, you'll feel it for sure yeah so. i'm gonna need to find like just put me by the pool at all times is what I'm saying. Um, so, uh, so tell us a little bit about your cancer, cancer journey. So what types of cancer have you had? Um, well, I, um, I had rectal cancer, um, originally started out, um, as a, uh, as a high grade dysplasia, um, in the rectum Okay. and I had surgery, uh, in 2015. Um, and uh, originally, I, I, I self-diagnosed. I, I, I was able to, uh, mm. you know, there, I had a discharge in, in my stool samples that mm -hmm. uh, was not normal. And so I uh, went and had a colonoscopy, and that's when we found the high-grade dysplasia. And about two years later, uh, it came back again. And so I asked for another colonoscopy. And when I did that, um, they, they uh, thought that it looked, uh, the tissue looked good. Yeah. So, so, sorry to interrupt, but before, before we start recording today, you had mentioned about your self-diagnosis. I want to stay there for a little bit because you had mentioned you were not the type to see a doctor or, you know, really, you were always super healthy. Um, but, but this was different. And tell us a little bit about, um, yeah, your past, um, were you one of these typical guys who, yeah, just, you know, didn't go do your checkups. You know, I, 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 um, I didn't really go through checkups and then, uh, work started asking us to do physicals every year. So, okay. and then oh, good. that, yeah. and that changed our, uh, you know, it changed our insurance rates and things of that sort. And, you know, of course, you know, I, I'm money driven. I want to save as much money as I can. I don't want to spend yeah. any more than I have to. Yeah. So I think doing the yearly physical was a, a big part of kind of where I got to where I am. But, uh, yeah. um, as far as doctor visits, no, I, uh, you know, I'd, I'd go break a, a bone or something like that. And, <laughs> and, um, you know, if it's a finger or a toe, you just let him go. You can't do much about that. Right. I mean, right. If it's just a crack, but, uh, broke my nose a couple of times. Yeah. Just, I mean, and you know, you, you just kind of keep moving, right. Yeah, you're, and, you're um, a strong physical guy. Yeah. Well, I'm not so strong anymore, but I'm physical. <laughs> so, so, but, yeah. But, but yeah, so when you self-diagnosed then, there there was something that, something just wasn't right. It was telling yeah. you to, that you needed to do more. Yeah, I knew something was wrong and I needed to get it checked out. And um, so I, uh, you know, we made a, a uh, an appointment. Um, one of my sons has a really good friend who's a, uh, you know, a, a colorectal uh, doctor. And um, so we scheduled an appointment with him and, and he, uh, he got me in relatively quick and just, just a great guy and um, trust him with my life, of course. And uh, he, uh, he said, this doesn't look normal. He sent me to a specialist uh, to get it looked at a surgeon and we got it removed. And, and uh, that's, that was the first part and it kept, so, came back a couple more times. So, so it started with the dysplasia. It was kind of a wait and see, couple of years later that had done some changes were happening there. 
Yes. And so then you had the the surgery. They did the, a biopsy, I'm assuming, and said that was when it was adenocarcinoma. Did they confirm that there was cancer cells there? Um, so yes, it was kind of an interesting process. Uh, and you know, I I, um, um, I mentioned to you before that we uh, you know I've got I've become a lot more spiritual. But uh, my yeah. uh, my father, uh, I, so I I I went in. I had some discharge back in 2017. Um, it was February, 2017. I saw my, my, my doctor, Dr. Cordy, and then he, uh, he referred me to another doctor in Flint, um, Michigan, and, uh, who did the initial surgery. I went and saw him on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, he scheduled me for surgery the next day. Oh my. And I was going on vacation on Friday, the next day. So, so I, uh, had the consultation. I had the surgery when he did the surgery, he mentioned that there was like a root um, when he, when he was doing the surgery and moving it and he pulled it out as best he could. And I thought to myself, Oh, this isn't good. This isn't that when you, when you hear that there's something that didn't come out, it's like, you know, pulling weeds, you know, that something's going to keep growing back. Right. Yeah. So, like that stock of that, of that it, growth. Right. Yep. Exactly. So, so, uh, I went on vacation and recovered and, um, and, um, he never called me. So it was about a week and a half later after the surgery or so that, uh, my father called me in the middle of the night and I'd never told my father that I even had the surgery. And he says, what's wrong with you? Something's wrong with you. There's something going on. You need to tell me what's happening. And I said, dad, everything's fine. You know, I uh, had some surgery before I went on vacation here. They think it's going to be great, but uh, we'll, we'll be fine. Wow. I decided at that point in time, I was going to call the doctor. Yeah. Hey, I, what's up? <laughs> I, I called the doctor and um, he informed me after I called him that, yes, I do in fact have cancer and that, um, Jeez that we needed to, you know, start, you know, start the process. So I found out on a telephone call and on a call that I initiated and, and I'm on vacation. And of course, you know, all those thoughts go through your mind and Oh my it's, goodness. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not a fun thing to go through no matter what your situation is. But uh, anyway, yeah, so a, we, my wife, my wife is very resourceful. And um, so we started talking about plans before we met with a doctor beyond that. And um, we looked at, you know, we, we there's a, a good cancer institute in Florida. There's a, there's one in, in Houston. There's a, in Michigan's got U of M. We have oh, some other, yeah, so many good options. We've got some great options, right? So we uh, explored all that. And um, uh, we found a, a specialist at Carmanos, which is a cancer institute in uh, Farmington Hills, Michigan. And uh, Dr. Philip Philip was uh, who was recommended. We got in with him and met with him and we met with a couple other doctors. Some of the doctors said, let's do a wait and see. And uh, he suggested that we do a, uh, you know, a, a chemo radiation uh, process. Um, I got uh, consultations from two other facilities, one in, in uh, Florida and one in, in Houston, Texas, MD Anderson. Yeah. And uh, they came back with the same diagnosis. So uh, I, I decided that was the plan. That's what we're going to do. So uh, once we set up a plan to move forward, uh, we did it. And um, it yeah. was, a, you know, the, the process was pretty clean, up, you know, until two years later or a year okay. and a half later. Yeah. So, yeah. Take us through yeah. that then. So, so you did the chemo radiation. You didn't have a colon resection at that time. Correct. Yeah, correct. Or, or, or they, a rectal resection. So they, 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 they went ahead and removed the, they removed as much of it as they could without, you know, without preserving my rectum. Yes, exactly. And, okay. And, and, uh, and the second time, uh, this was the third surgery now, um, in 2007, mm -hmm. 2018, yep. my son got married that summer and, um, the discharge came back again and I didn't tell my wife or family until the <laughs> wedding was over. Right. You wait until yeah, those yeah. family events, that's right? Yeah, that's tough. 
so we uh, we found out that uh, it came back, and I had a I had some some checkups. And during this time frame, I was doing the uh, the, the quarterly checkups with the uh, um, MRIs and CT scans. Yes. Um, MD Anderson did it every every six months, and and Carmano did it every six months. So I was getting a, a, a you know four times a year's coverage, if you will. Perfect. And getting different insight from different facilities, and um, um, it came back during that time frame and in between visits, if you will. So when I went back for my next visit, I told them it was com- it came back and we had discharged and they did confirm it, that that was the case. And the ironic part about it was, is that um, those tests are great and they do tell you that you do have it when it's a little more advanced, but it doesn't tell you that you have it early. Right. And so um, at that point in time, I had to get surgery again, and I did surgery in 2018, in October of 2018, and uh, here I am today, and I've been cancer-free since. So, that's fantastic, absolutely, and, and good for you for being on top of all this and, and getting those. You know, there's such value in seeing multiple teams um, at 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 these high, you know, these high-level cancer centers, um, and so you know to have more teams eyes on what's happening with you you know, is great. So, so do you, so what's, before we get into the, the Signaterra, what, um, in terms of just your periodic, like scans and just general blood work, like, where do you do that? How, how often do you do that now in your surveillance? Yeah, I'm doing it every six months now, every six months. And, uh, Carmanos in, in Michigan is doing that. Um, you know, when I was going to, uh, to uh, Houston and MD Anderson, I was doing that every six months. So I was traveling from Michigan to, to Houston to do that work. And with COVID, that was no longer possible. So I, uh, I reverted just to doing it in Michigan at that point. And that doctor felt every six months was appropriate. So that's kind of what my plan has been. So. Awesome. That's great. So yes, let's get into monitoring. So for those of us in the colorectal cancer community, there's been a couple traditional tools, you know, scans really, uh, whether it's CTs or MRIs, um, scans to look at, you know, and, and, and scans are only going to show you visible disease, right? So macro tumors, they, that's after a tumor has reached a point where it's visible on a scan. And then the other tool that I have used in the past is of course called CEA. Um, I'm, I think it's carcinogenic embryonic antigen or something like that, but this is a, um, blood test that just shows, um, colorectal cancer activity in the blood. But the problem is it's not super sensitive. A lot of people with colorectal cancer who have tumors throughout their body have never had a reliable CEA test. Um, for me, I've been lucky because my CEA is somewhat reliable. If it's trending up, I can kind of see that uh, something's brewing. Uh, if it's stable or trending down, then that's a good sign. Um, but there really is a lack of advanced tools. So let's get into Signaterra. So Signaterra is essentially a blood test. It's a blood test from a company called Natera, which is our sponsor. It detects molecular residual disease in your blood, and it's personalized to each patient's set of tumor mutations. So basically, that's a fancy way of saying if you have active disease or if you have a recurrence, Signaterra is going to be the most sensitive test you can get to make you aware of that information. So Signaterra can alert you before any tumors ever show up on scans, before CEA, before any other really indicators that your cancer is active. Uh, I hope that I've summarized that properly. Um, But let me hear from you, Dan, about your experience using it. Yeah, I my what's interesting is is that um, the doctors that I was seeing, especially in, in Michigan, were not real keen on the technology because they felt that 
okay, we're going to get this advanced information, but then what do we do with it? We don't know what to do, right? And uh, and they thought that that was going to play mind games with me and and affect me in a, in a negative way, and I was going to go downhill. Yes. And for me, it was like, no, that's not how I feel. My, my philosophy is I'm going to hit it head on. I'm going to take it one day at a time, and there's going to be something along that path that's going to help me find a way to make it better. And uh, so if we don't have a cure today, we will work to find a cure, whatever that is. And, and you know, I, I'm not a medical guy. I don't know. I, I'm not a I'm not a doctor by any means. I have no medical background. I'm, I'm not really uh, experienced or focused or good at it, I, I would say. But uh, what I do know that is that you have to you have to take it one step at a time and there's cures out there and miracles that happen every day. Absolutely. And, and that's what I believe in. So for me, it was, let's do the best we can stay positive, you know, take it, you know, um, and, and do the things that make yourself healthy and, and, and strong. And, and uh, if something comes up, if you have a hiccup, it's a, it's a bump on the road. You have to get over and you, and you move forward. So. So, so if you're absolutely, and I'm going to, we're going to circle actually on that controversial point you just raised about sort of the paternalism involved in this, but it, so your team, your medical team, they're not so sure about Signatera. How was it then that you started, you know, that you did the test? Did well, you just decide that you wanted to do it personally? I want to know what I'm dealing with so I can find a way to get around it and move through it. And so that's where it was very, very positive for me. The doctors uh, were trying to talk me out of it because they didn't know how to handle it. And right, um, right. I was very adamant that this is something I'm going to do. So okay. if it, if it, if it can't be through you, it will be through another doctor and that's way we're, and, and I, and I believe that that's gotta be your course of action. when you do any treatment is, is that you have to have resources from, from a lot of different perspectives that can support and give you the knowledge and information you need. And then you need to make your own decisions on how to go forward. So that's what I did. And, um, and, and I go back on the initial surgeries that I had, it was one doctor in one place in Flint, Michigan. And my recommendation to people is you want a team of doctors. You don't want one doctor, you want a team. And I'm not saying that that guy was bad or he did the wrong thing. Everyone does the best they can, but yeah. the more information and knowledge you have, everyone's got their expertise and talents. And so that's where I wanted to go and, and do. And I think Signature fit into that whole mindset that I have relative to this process. hundred percent. And I just had my goosebump moment, man. Like hearing you talk about the importance of grabbing things by the horns here and, and making sure that you decide, you know, and if people don't want to know their data or they decide like they, they want to monitor in a certain way, great. But for you and me, we are very like-minded. Like I want as many data points as possible. And I want to be able to, you know, be an active, engaged participant of my team. I don't want someone telling me, well, this is what to do. Like, I want, I want to be part of that, more part of that discussion. So I appreciate you talking about that. And so I, so how often do you do, do you, are you still using it? Like, do you get a blood test and it just comes back negative? Is that where you're at? Yeah, I, I actually had the test done on Monday, this last, this past Monday. So uh, they, they did the blood test on Monday. I'm doing it about every six months now. So Okay, perfect. Months, so. Yeah, and what you want, so when we, it's interesting. So you take you do the blood test, super simple, right? You just give a blood draw. And then the report comes back. And what you're looking for is it to say Signatera negative, which means it's not detecting anything cancer-related, you know, in your blood. So that's, that's good. Um, so I personally... I use Signatera for monitoring and it's been positive in the past. So I've, I'm just five months, no evidence of disease since my last big surgery and chemo. 
But you before that, I, I would take my Signatera test and they would show like a certain, they would say Signatera positive and, and a certain amount of, um, you know, circulating tumor DNA. And, and so then I know, okay, yep, this makes sense because I, I know my scans support this. Like I know that I have active disease and, and now I've gotten that, you know, I've gotten that first post-surgery test that says Signatera negative, um, you know, no detection of cancer. And I look forward to, you know, I'm, I'm on the three month program with blood work. So I'll look forward to that next three months where I hear that again. So I would, so if I am positive, I have a high chance of recurrence. If my cancer does come back, I can begin planning. So Signatera is going to give me the heads up so I can begin planning with my team and exploring my next treatment options rather than just having my head in the sand, waiting for the tumors to show up on scans. Right? Exactly. That's exactly right. And, and so you mentioned this before, one of the unfortunate controversial points around the use of Signatera. And, and this is just from, I've learned this from, I talked to hundreds of cancer patients. Um, in colorectal cancer and tons of other cancers around the country and the world. And one of the things we hear is exactly what you said. Some of the providers aren't sure about using Signatera because if it does come back positive, but there's no other evidence of disease, they don't know what to do about it. Like they're not going to treat necessarily um, based on a Signatera result if they can't see something on a scan or have any other evidence that you have active cancer. However, so, so a lot of, so the providers would say, well, you know, again, like you said, we don't want you to be stressed out and anxious about this, you know, circulating tumor DNA since there's, it's not actionable for us. <laughs> and I think, I really believe that that just ties into this paternalistic model of medicine where we, it's our job as doctors to protect these fragile patients from themselves and their data because, you know, they don't need to know about this. Um, it's better for them if they don't know that they have a recurrence brewing, yeah, which exactly. to me is, is frankly insulting and unethical. And you know, it's just, I, I feel like it's not their role. It's my body. It's my blood. It's my cancer. If there's a, an ultra sensitive blood test that can tell me that I have circulating cancer cells. And even if there might not be anything to do about it now, that information is critical for me and I have the right to know. And that's, that's bottom line, how I feel on it. And it sounds like you're wearing the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, again, I, I, not that I know what the, what the solution would be, but uh, you have, you have to, you have to take it one day at a time and do the best you can. I mean, there's so much going on in this world with technology wise relative to research and cancer and things of that sort. I mean, things are changing, changing every day. Right. And, and there's a specialist out there someplace that knows a heck of a lot more than the guys that we're dealing with on a local basis, day to day in and day out that they're just not exposed to. So that's when you start searching and you find your way and, and, and all that, you know, especially like with, with what you're doing right now, Trevor, and the awareness and, and the, and the wolf pack, you know, the whole yeah. process. I mean, I didn't do that. I didn't bring anybody in. I was doing it myself with my family. And, and, uh, I was very, very fortunate and things worked out for me, but I recognized that that was a mistake. That was, yeah. that was not the right path. The right path is, to get as much information as you can, talk to as many people as you can, share your story, and people know things. People, they did, you know, yeah, right. And pa- patients know things like exactly so that, that patient to patient communication and learning and and figuring out like you know a lot of times. And again, this is not a. I'm not trying to knock our providers. 
they're usually overwhelmed. They're, they're dealing with so many patients, so many cancers, especially at the local level. Like, they, like, so we do need to advocate for ourselves as individuals, but also collectively as patients. In Colon Town, my, one of my go-to online communities for colorectal cancer, Colon Town, shout out to all the people there. Um, I learned about, we, we have this saying, you want to line up the planes on your runway. Um, you know, rather, and it's regardless of setting, like, you know, so lining up planes on the runway means you may be stable right now. So I'm Ned right now, five months, but you know what? There's a high chance I'm going to recur. And I want to be aware of what options I have. Like you talked about all the advancements in medicine, all that stuff coming down the pike. If I'm just saying like, Oh, I'm good for now. I don't need to worry about it. Then all of a sudden, six months from now, if I recur, I'm scrambling and I'm in a bind and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? I want to be able to say, when that, if that recurrence happens and God, you know, I hope that it never does, but if it does, I want to be able to say, okay, I, here's, here's my Signatera report. Here's my, um, genomic report. Like I want to, I want to have doctor's eyes on that and saying, Hey, if you recur, this might be a good option for you. And that's all about the planes on the runway. So that's our philosophy. Yeah. You got a game plan, right? You got a game plan. So exactly. if, if this happens, then this, if this happens, then this, it's, you know, you, you go through that chart and you, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's written down. Maybe it's just in your mind. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, it's, you've got to be prepared. I think so. Do you use any, do you have any, um, issues on the emotional side in terms of fear of recurrence or, or is that something that you manage pretty well? Or do you have tools that you use to cope with that? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I, I would say that, um, I, I cope with it pretty well because, um, I, uh, I don't really have any fears. I, 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 right from the beginning, because I, I knew I caught it early. I knew that I was going to be fine. And I mentioned to you earlier that it was a bump on the road. And that's how I've looked at this. This has been a bump on the road, an obstacle, something to get around and and move through. And, and um, I've been very, very fortunate that way. And um, had I had a, you know, a stage three or four situation, I don't know that I'd be in the same position, but with the stage two and, and, and it coming back, I I've never been fearful. I I'm, I'm aware. I I, I pay attention and I'm cognizant. I, I, you know, I have a lot to live for. I've got a great family and I got great, great things going on in my life and I don't want to miss out on it. Right. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's important to have a game plan, to have a a plan to go forward. And, And so, yeah, I, I'm not fearful though, and and you know, as a result of this, you go through all the emotions, and I, I like I said earlier, I became much more spiritual. Um, not that I ever want to die, but I'm, we're all going to die, and I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of it. And what I want to do is that I want to give back as much as I can, you know, in my in my time, that uh, that I make a difference. Right. Uh-huh. One of my one of my friends passed away of colorectal cancer. He had colon cancer, and. Uh, his uh, his daughter, I think it was his daughter, made the comment that you know, you know, he, his he was born in and this year, he died in this year, and none of that matters the beginning or the end. What matters is the dash in between. Yes, the dash. And we want to we want to make sure that the dash is is positive and that you make a good influence uh, on the people around you and and life in general, right? So, oh man, what a great mindset, one hundred percent. And have you found that you're that it's harder for your your wife and your kids and your grandkids, like? And I know you don't, I don't think you've shared a ton with them, but has it been hard on them to see you sort of go through this journey? 
You know, I, uh, my wife, especially, you know, she, uh, she, I, I got information and I focused on the information and then I sorted through it. I didn't continue to read information and, and, and inundate myself on the internet. I was right. not some, I don't do that. I don't do that to myself. So she did that. And I think she was a lot more um, wrapped up and fearful than I was. And I, so, I'm, I'm just going to interject. I may have been guilty of that in the past. I'm doing much better though, Dan, go ahead. Well, but, but <laughs> your, your background is, is that that's who you are. You know, you're a journalist, right? True. So that's, yeah, that's you, true. you know, that's your mindset. I'm more of an engineer, so I don't have that same. I like have a plan. I'm going to focus <laughs> Very on that analytical. Plan. Yeah. That plan, right? yeah. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's different for all of us, but my, my kids and grandkids, you know, I kind of insulated them from it and I, yeah. uh, I always stayed positive and, um, I'm sure they were afraid, but uh, we never really had those frank conversations or discussions. So. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly your, your wife. Um, and, you know, it's got to just be so celebratory to see that you did nip this in the bud early, that you're cancer-free, you're feeling good, you're you're doing your monitoring. Like, you, you, you have everything in place to be successful with this. So it's got to be a, a little a celebration for your whole family. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, great moments and, and uh, lots of opportunities. And, you know, uh, you know, post COVID, we, ex- we intend to spend a lot more time together than we did during the COVID yeah. period. But, yeah, amen. Uh, yeah. yeah. So awesome. Is there anything um, before we, I'm, uh, you know, that I'm going to put you on the gauntlet of random questions <laughs> because you, you've heard a couple of the podcasts. Um, but before we get there, is there anything on our conversation around your journey or monitoring that came to mind that, that you wanted to, yeah, yeah, you know, okay. I, I think, uh, you know, one of the things, Trevor, I think we all have strengths and weaknesses. And and, and I think that you have to trust your instincts, whatever they might be. And um, if you if you have any concerns or issues, don't don't delay, just address it and focus on it. And, uh, you know, in, in, in listening to your podcast and others that are out there there's a lot of great information out there. Take advantage of it. The internet's got some great tools. And so take advantage of those tools and, and, um, and be resourceful that way. So uh, I, I have not gone into, I've, I've had some discussions with some support groups, but haven't really gotten involved in support groups. And maybe that's a weakness and maybe I should do that. But, uh, you know, I've kind of focused my efforts doing other work to give back. And uh, I think that's very, very important. I think, when you're going through this process, you can easily, you know, I'm going to say this and I don't know disrespect, but you can mind fuck yourself. And, dude, dude, I am with you. And and you can't mind fuck yourself. You have to do something to, to not do that. So what I did is I, I started doing volunteer work and helping other people out. And, you know, one of the things that we did, there's a project in Flint, Flint, Michigan's obviously got some, 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 some real um, yeah. issues these days, but there's kids that are living in Flint, Michigan that don't have a bed. And so I think I delivered probably 55 to 60 beds to kids in Flint just because I knew they didn't have a bed. And right. uh, there's no better therapy. Helping others is going to, is going to take you to a place in your life that, um, you know, is where you need to be. So thanks Absolutely. for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. and in terms of support groups, every cancer journey is different. Um, there's a role for them in some people's journey there and there doesn't need to be in others. And then for a lot of people who like come into our and, and the Howling Place, you know, it is support for men going through impacted by cancer. But it's also just like a social club. Like we, we talk more about non-cancer stuff than we do cancer. But but I always tell people like some people come in it for a little while 
and then they're they're good they don't need that anymore and then they get out and i'll say like thumbs up that's great like a lot of people don't want to be in that environment where they're reminded of cancer all the time and, and that's cool too so the howling place is there and man up to cancer is there for people when they need it on their terms and no more you know it, so i you know so i definitely don't think it's a weakness that you haven't engaged with support groups if that's something that you need as a tool in the future and and happens for you great but if not you do your thing man that's awesome Oh, all right. You. All right. I'm ready now to throw <laughs> you. You're going to get thrown in the gauntlet of random questions. And I have some of my questions were getting pretty tired. I was, I was using the same one. So I have some brand new questions for Dan Ooh. today. All right. Here we go. What was the first car you ever owned? Chevy Nova. <laughs> <laughs> it was a green Chevy Nova. I think I paid $750 for it, ran like a champ. It had a 307 engine in it and it ran like you can't, but it was a screamer. So I can see a, you in that, that right now. So at what, you know, what um, time frame would that been like around what years? Oh, that was in the uh, early seventies, uh, mid seventies. So 78 probably. Oh so, man. Just, yeah, put, just yeah. dominating in your Chevy yeah. Nova. Yes. <laughs> Um, would you rather be forced to be an early bird getting up at 4am every day or forced to be a night owl staying up until 2am every day? I think an early bird. I'd rather, I'd rather be up early. I I was kind of guessing that about you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you could learn one new professional skill, what would it be? Wow. Man. I think I, I'd love to be really good with uh, computers and technology. I, I, uh, yeah. I have, I have a, a mechanical mind, mechanical engineering mind, but I, I really don't have a, I'm not really good with computers and, and that technology. It's not something that I'm really good at. And I think in this day and age, that's pretty important. You gotta be, you gotta be good at that. So. Absolutely. That's a good one. Um, what's the last great TV show or movie you watched? Ooh. Oh. You know, we've been watching a bunch of different podcasts. And, yeah, that uh, works too. Show, show. Uh, I'm sorry, not podcasts, but uh, you know, uh, different different shows. Uh, yeah. And we're watching The Sopranos now. I never watched The Sopranos. Oh, okay, yeah, and, I, I haven't and, either. And I'll tell you, I uh, I don't I didn't think I would like it, but it it captures you. And uh, the Legendary. acting is a, it's a, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. And you know that was all done in the '90s, I think. And here yeah. we are, twenty some odd years later, and I'm watching it for the first time, and it's like. This was really good. So. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I see. I'm one of the people too who hasn't watched that, and now that you mentioned it, I think that might be a good one for us to try. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and last question for you, Dan: um, What would be your talent if you were Mister World? What would be my talent? Hopefully, a giver. Hopefully, a giver. That's uh, ah, nice. Someone that someone that gives back and. And uh, realizes that we're not in this alone, that we can help each other out and make life, make life better for others. So that's hopefully what it would be. Well said, my friend. I am going to, we're going to sign off on that one. I, I really appreciate your time, your generosity. Um, this has been a great conversation. And so thanks for spending your time with us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Trevor. I appreciate the opportunity. You take care. Thanks for listening to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. If you want to support our mission, visit patreon.com backslash man up to cancer. Monthly subscriptions start at five bucks, less than a single cup of coffee at some establishments. And if you know a man struggling with the isolation that cancer can bring, let him know about us. The Wolfpack doors are always open. Big shout out again to the amazing team at Natera. 
developers of a new kind of test called Signaterra that can detect recurrence as much as a year earlier than imaging. Ask your doctor if Signaterra is right for you.